Hi, uh, this is uh, Sean Constable, head coach of Moss FCO, um, and you're listening to the Nordic Podcast. Congratulations on 100 episodes, guys. Amazing. I've got to say that uh, if you listen to the interviews that you've had with me, it's kind of uh, maps out a little bit of my uh, my coaching career in Norway. So always much appreciated. Always listening to the pod and reaching out. Congratulations again. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss and I'm joined, as always, by Jonathan Fredugba. And this is a rather special episode for us. It is our 100th episode. Um, I mean, I, I almost can't believe that we've got this far. It's It's been some innings, uh, my friend. Um, delighted to, to celebrate this milestone with you. Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. Yes. I don't know whether to sing happy birthday or happy anniversary or to jump for joy or I don't know what to do really. But yes, we have hit the ton up. It is uh, our anniversary, our birthday, whatever you want to call it. 100 episodes. Uh, who would have thought, Steve, that back in the day, I think it was 2017, when we were, I remember I was sitting in my garden and we had this kernel of an idea in our minds to start this podcast. And we didn't even know how to record episodes, did we? I don't think at the time. And we gradually figured it all out. Who would have thought that a few years later we'd be hitting episode number 100? How are you, my friend? Are you celebrating? Have you got a hat on? What? What? How are you feeling about this momentous occasion? Well, you know me, business as usual. We've got to get down to uh, the nitty gritty, haven't we? You know, people, the, the, the people are listening to hear about uh, the Nordic League. They're not here to hear me celebrating by eating a steak. Um, <laughs> maybe they are. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's been a great journey. Uh, I really must thank all of the listeners, all of the guests we've had, and, and and you know, it's it's gone a lot better than I thought it would. And we're still going on. I hope people enjoy the product, which we're still trying to improve on the product. And uh, here's to another a hundred more. Most definitely. I mean, what would you say your, your overriding memories of this of this podcast? And and. Uh... You know, I've got to say that you know, last time we had an episode, by the way, I, I was near up nearby you, wasn't I, up, up in Yorkshire? And uh, yeah, as I say, we started this podcast. We we worked together in the past, didn't we, Steve? And and uh, and you know, you, you've always had an interest in Norwegian football, and, and you know, I was living out in Sweden at the time, I think. And when I came back, we we decided to start this. Um, what your overriding memories of the hundred episodes? I mean, it, you, we've had quite a few good guests, haven't we? We've had we've had some great episodes. We we've covered the leagues quite well. There's been you know. Teams coming up like Buda Glimt, um, you know, we had surprises. We had last day, you know, I remember the last day of the season in some some years where it was just manic relegation battles or promotion battles or championship, um, you know, playoffs, things like that. What, what have been your memories of uh, maybe not only the podcast, but, you know, football during this period of time, you know, your, mem- your overriding memories? Yeah, you know, it's um, the sheer amount of guests we've had. Uh, I've had some truly memorable interviews, both good bad and ugly really i think good way to say that um but um i think really i'm blown away by the interaction we have you know this is genuinely a lot of interest in this league now i don't think when we first started it was always there 
Um, he certainly was in sprinkling doses. I think there's been a lot more interest in this Scandinavian region now, um, uh, you know, certainly in the English-speaking world. And um, I think we've hopefully helped grown, uh, grown it a little bit, if you know what I mean. But, uh, yeah, overriding memories um, back in the day, different editing techniques with the podcasts, um, staying up in the, into the early hours, uh, trying to be trying to get the edit down how I want it to. I'm, I'm still very fussy as it is now. Um, but yeah, things like that. It's, um, yeah, it's crazy really how, how we've come on, but uh, very enjoyable indeed. Yeah, I have to say for those who who, who don't know the mechanics behind the podcast, uh, Steve is our editor, uh, producer. He, he he does a fantastic job, I have to say. You know, I just, I just rock up and uh, talk my talk basically and uh, try and help with the social media channels, but... Steve does a fantastic job editing it meticulously every week. Uh, all the ums and ahs that I seem to throw in every now and then, all mannerisms. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's been you know I really enjoyed the journey so far. Hundred episodes with you, and um, I'm sure there'll be many, many more to come. And I think it's uh, yeah, for me personally, I think the title battle, I think it was 2019, Your Garden, the last sort of uh, day of the season three way battle, uh, that was brilliant. Game, brilliant. I thought you know Your Garden. I remember at the time they were they were losing a half time and came back to to win the title in the last day of the season. I remember, uh, was it like an eight-way relegation battle in, in Norway? I, I think, yeah. looking back from a footballing point of view, probably that title race in Sweden was maybe the highlight because it was so tense and it feel, felt like it was building up towards that, wasn't it? In, in the episodes prior to it, we really were. I mean, even I was watching it, like from 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 start to finish. You know, I had my eye on literally two or three games at once. I love, I I really enjoyed that Hammerby team that year as well. I have to say, I was I was a massive fan of it. The way they played their football yeah there was a i mean the year that um Lillison got relegated in the playoff i think there's about six teams who were in the mixer at one point and um there was you know there was been some there's been some drama we've had some quality as well like the buddha glimp malmo years as well um it's it's been a really interesting mix of stuff and we've had european success you know Mulder went deep sarpsborg got the group stages Trying to think of some Swedish teams that have, have gone deep. Malmo probably had a run somewhere, didn't they? But um, yeah, it's been a great period. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. There's been some you know really good battles in in, in the years gone by. Um, I, I enjoyed the Malmo team who, who who did you know quite well in Europe, uh, and I enjoyed the Malmo team last season. To be honest, I, I was really impressed with them. The AIK team, you know, um, you were winning the league after so many years. And and one thing I've really enjoyed about this uh, this podcast, which I. I didn't actually realise beforehand, but we counted it before uh, the show. We've had 36 uh, special guest appearances. So, um, yeah, shout out to everybody who's joined us on the show, from Ian Birchardall to Michael Jolly to um, Vashali Bardwaj to, to uh, Sean Constable, Ashley Coffey, Eric Scherner. You know, we could name, we could be here naming so many, then couldn't we, Vigard Hansen. We've had a lot of special guests. Uh, I'm quite surprised there's so many. Eh? Um, I'm not sure about yourself. Did you... Yeah, do you have any fond memories? <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Gravison, anyone like that? That was the wackiest one. Uh, the guy we did the Thomas Gravison book interview. Um, I've actually forgotten his name, but uh, uh, many of you will not even be aware. Behind the scenes, it, it just completely kicked off. Um, basically, it was it was a crazy situation. It was the most mental preparation to an interview I've ever done. Um, the episode title was an absolute joke. On a reference that he did, um, I mean, I just looked, I mean, that was definitely probably the most memorable in the wrong ways. For me, the most 
the, the, the interview that stood out, the guest that stood out for me was actually Simo Valakari, the ex um, Thromso manager. There was some, something about him. Um, I mean, you've got to be a bit wacky, haven't you, to go in a freezing cold ice pool in the middle of winter up there, haven't you? Uh, but uh, yeah, he was a seriously interesting manager. Um, but there's, you know, kudos to all the guests that have come on. And, um, you know, thanks thanks to all of you. And um, you, you all added something to the Nordic Football Podcast. And, and hopefully there'll be many more. There'll be many more uh, to come. There's a lot of, uh, just scratch the surface with a lot of interesting people in football. Um, you know, players, managers, media, the lot. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I think um, it may even be 30, 37, 38, in fact, because there's one or two that came on, on you know, two episodes, isn't there? And then one or two that weren't even named in the title, things like that. So, um, no, but there, there's been so many. I think the Graveson episode will always stick in my mind just because of the sort of sheer randomness of it. Uh, that, that will always be a fond memory of mine and, and the behind the scenes stuff, Steve, as you mentioned there. I think, we, I think we tried to do a book giveaway. Didn't you like a book on it, couldn't you? You know, crazy. <laughs> I think we tried to do a book giveaway, and it kind of, uh, let's just say, it f- fell flat on it, flat on its face quicker than uh, Thomas Graveson uh, at Real Madrid. But, but um, no, it's been, it's been, it's been fantastic. And I think, um, you know, just gonna, you know, we even had a, a guest on, didn't we? A, a listener, t- Ted Cruz, ate my son, and I'm just gonna read before we get into the episode. I'm just gonna read a, a comment by him. He said, uh, "By far, my favorite appearance was when I made an appearance." So. Uh, you know, we know which is his favourite episode. Thank you to Odin's creation. And as we go along in this episode, we will be sort of having a few shout outs from, from people and things like that. Uh, a few comments from people. So, yeah, thanks to everyone who's listened to the episode. Anyone has left a comment, if you follow us on Twitter at Nordic Footpod, really appreciate it. It's great to get to 100 episodes. Some podcasts, you know, I think there's a statistic that says like uh, something like 98% of podcasts don't get past the 10th episode or something like that. So uh, crazy statistics, but we're, we're still going strong. And on that note, why don't we do what we are here for in the first place, which is get into the latest action in Norway and Sweden. Steve, it's been some games this evening, haven't there? We're going to start with um, the Elite Serien this evening because we've got some big wins, haven't we? Starting off with Starbeck. Yeah, we're in a bit of a weird phase at the minute that um, it's a catch-up period because at the start of the season, if you remember, a bunch of teams uh, were able to play early doors because of COVID and things like that, logistics. But um, so there was four matches played on the 21st of July, and then four matches were played tonight at the time of recording. That's on the 28th of July. Um, and the next games are going to be on uh, the 8th of August, and there's five matches there. And then finally, round 15, when that starts on the 14th of August, that's when we're getting back to normal. Pretty much everyone plays every week, and, and that's it. Um, but yes, yeah, Starbeck with a victory tonight against Muren Dahlen. First win for uh, new Starbeck coach, Eric Schoner, who we have as a guest on this podcast a few weeks ago. Um, with the young 30-year-old coach. And you know his team served him really well in this game against Muren Dahlen. It's given him a chance. Um, you know, it's given him hope in the table, up to nine points now. And Muren Dahlen on 12, they're the nearest safe position, Tromso. Uh, just on 10 in, in the playoff spot. So it's, a, it's an important win for Starbuck. If you look at the recent form in the bottom half, for all of the bottom seven teams, um, Starbuck are the only team who have had a victory in any of their last three games out of all those sides, said Jonathan. Yeah, has there been any sort of noticeable changes since China come in? Has there been anything you've immediately noticed or is it kind of a gradual, they need to stamp his mark on the team first, you know what I mean? I think... <sighs> Mentality is what I've noticed. Um, 
against Mjöndal, I didn't think they'd do that that well in this game because Mjöndal are an experienced side. They're physical bullies. Um, they 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 canny. They they game manage really well. And I thought they'd they'd probably beat Starbeck on maybe a set piece goal or something, and Starbeck would probably kill themselves with mistakes like they normally do. But they dug in really well here, Starbeck, and they defended well. The goalkeeper Sandberg, I thought, had a good match. He, he, he they needed him to deliver today, and he. He just, you know, Mjöndal put a lot of balls in from set pieces, crosses, and he, he kind of handled it pretty well. Conceded a late penalty, but I thought he was a bit unlucky. So he's had a poor season, Samberg. He, he really has been disappointing, but it was a much better performance. So I think mentality just, mate, you've got to be tough, haven't you? You've got to be tough mentally in this league sometimes when you're down there. And I didn't, I wasn't sure this current Starbeck crop of players had the stomach for that sort of fight yet anyway. But fair play to them. They, 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 they delivered the three points there, and and of course they've got they've, they've got technical quality. We know that we know they can play football. There's some good youngsters, but it's not always about that, is it? It's about the other parts of uh, uh, football. Yeah, and Starbeck's uh, expected goals against, by the way, is the worst in the league to him by a country mile. Really, thirty-two point three xga. Uh, next best is Brand twenty-four point eight one. So you know. They both conceded 27 goals, but that is some some massive difference on the uh, XGA. So I guess from that point of view, Eric Scherner, who's been one of those 36 guests we had in this podcast, um, one of his first tasks will probably be to try and tighten up that, that leaky defence. Just looking at the others, other end of that uh, XGA, the best team in the league SGA-wise is um, Budokim, 13.81 SGA. And second is Lillestrom, 15.2 XGA, which is uh, second best in the league. Mulder, some way back, by the way. Um, Eighth in the table for XGA. So despite the fact that they're kind of uh, doing very well, their expected goals against is actually quite quite high. Uh, it leads us on to the next uh, team, isn't it, that you want to talk about? Because you've said a few things to me off air about this team, and I don't know if I'm going to out you or not. But uh, let's see how you play it, and then we'll go from there. Lillestrom is a team you want to talk about, and they've had a bit of success lately, haven't they? Yeah, watch out for an article that is going to come out on Scout. Uh, very soon I'm writing about Lill- Lillestrom um, because they have had a really... I, I actually said pre-season they were, they were my dark horse to do well. And I thought I thought in the first few rounds that, um, you know, I was going to be let down badly, but they've come back strongly. They're unbeaten in nine matches now, Lillestrom. They're up to 24 points. If they win their, their game in hand, which is against Sanderfjord, uh, next week, then they would actually go second place behind just three points behind Mulder. And I've got to give kudos to um, the manager, Eric Backer, who's completely changed the system. Whenever I've seen Backer manage, he's always been 4 4 2 or 4 3 3. But he's developed this really interesting sort of 3 4 2 1 system, which you would never have expected of him in a million years. But it's worked, works an absolute treat. They've become really solid defensively from it and it's given them dynamic options in attack. And um, they're enjoying the football, Lillestrom. Things are going their way. Like tonight against Sarpsborg, they could have fallen behind. Sarpsborg missed a couple of big chances. If those go in, it's a different ball game. But then Lillestrom take their chances because things are going their way. I don't think they're at the level of the likes of Mulder, Bruder, Glimt, um, even even probably Rosenborg eventually. So I, could, I, I can't see them challenging for the league. But... Um, you know what? The spot's available for sure this year, and there's no real banker position. Um, and you know, this is maybe a good chance for for them to regain some of their some of their really good days. It's good to see, really. Actually, they're um, they're a big club, and they've had some down years. 
Who would you say have been some of their better players this season? Because I, I see Thomas Leonard Olsen with um, eight goals. Has he been a standout? And, um, you know, what would you put this success down to? Because you did say in pre-season, you know, you put it in to finish seventh, which was, as you've mentioned there, quite brave for some, a team that was newly promoted. What, what, who are the sort of key men behind this, this rise? Or is it managerial thing, tactics? What, what do you attribute this to? The manager's a very good manager. He, he, got, he took Sarpsborg to the Europa League group stages, which is, for me, one of a phenomenal achievement. Like I just watched him last week when they were they, they scored a goal go three one up against Starbeck. He's on the the sideline shouting wildly. You know he's not getting carried away celebrating. He's telling them to use their heads and stuff like that. He's a very experienced manager. Um, and in terms of players, he's there's been some standouts. Yeah, Thomas Len Olsen's been a beast. I think Len Olsen's always been a really good striker at this level. He's a proven goal scorer, but they just the whole attacking system is really suited to. To suit him you know they, they they feed him beautifully in there's two areas that he wants the board he wants it on his head or he wants it sort of like a poacher sliding in and that, that they nail it you know they, they get the ball to him perfectly Yerman Asson I think has been superb um now he's released from his sort of Rosenborg not nightmare but down years uh Helen scored that goal against Rosenborg which was uh, really memorable and they've got some young defenders that are doing well Ogbu, I think, has, has really impressed me. Lars Ranger has looked good. And the goalkeeper, as see, Christensen, has um, stood out to me as well. There's a good mix of youth and experience in this team. The system's working well. And, you know, they've got a goal scorer that's just, uh, you know, you can't do no wrong at the moment. So it's a combination of factors, really, for Lillestrom. Um, but there's nothing lucky about their points or their goals. If you look at their XG and stuff, it's pretty much where they're expected to be. So it's perfectly legitimate right now. Yeah, with 10 goals uh, in 12 games, that, that's quite incredible for, for Len Olsen, isn't it? He's a 30-year-old, mainly spent the predominant you know years of his career in, in Norway. I don't actually know if he's ever even left Norway. He's got 50 goals in 139 uh, Elitesarian games. He's also played 120 games in the Obos League game. So a bit of a veteran, isn't he, on the, on the sort of Norwegian scene? Uh, and it looks like he's, he's having maybe one of the best years of his career, to be honest. Uh, what twenty percent of his goals in in one season already? So, looks like he's doing fantastically well there. Where where do you see this team going realistically, Steve? I mean, we're only um, you know we're approaching the halfway stage of the season now. Um, they've played thirteen games, they've got a game in hand, could even go second. Where, where are, you, are you looking up or down with them? Do you think they'll sort of average to the mean, or do you think they can continue this form? Uh, for me, they're finishing the top six this season, and then long term, long term, I'm looking upwards because they've got a manager. If you remember when he was at Sarpsborg. It was probably a year or two. We we always kind of talked about them as almost a dark horse to win the league when he was at Salzburg. Now Salzburg, uh, they're not a small club by any means, but Lillestrøm he's going to have more resources there. So if, if you give back of the tools to to work with um, and maybe improve the squad even more going forward, maybe why not challenge for a gold medal one day? Because you know you can look at what Buda Glimt did last year. You know it seems like the giants of Norwegian football, Rosenborg are sort of in this lull right now. Molder can have their up and downs. We know that. So I think long term, I think if Lillestrøm play their cards right, they should be in the top six every year now. Um, you know, if they just get the right signings and, and keep the manager and, and stuff like that. So I'm very, very positive about their future, actually. Um, and then, you know, this season, this is a great chance for them to maybe punch above their weight and, and finish above where they should. I think I think that probably the the ceiling is the second place. 
I, I don't think Mulder, I, I, Mulder win the league for me. I don't think anyone beats him to the league. But, you, you know, they could probably get second as the highest, um, I would say. Very interesting stuff. And um, let's move on because uh, there's been another sort of um, managerial change, hasn't there, in, in Norway, which um, we, we, you kind of did say it was probably inevitable, something that you felt was coming for some time. Uh, and, you know, with nearly half of the season gone now, it's trigger time, isn't it? And uh, it's Bran. <sighs> yeah, and it's just the thing is, um, you know, firing your bricks and it just wasn't going to work out in the end. There was too much pressure on the team. Um, he, he had to beat, he had to win some games recently. He was just picked up too many draws. A home match against Tromso, Mjern Dahlen just got two draws out of it. It's not enough. And I think in both games, they were guilty of just the pressure got to them. The players uh, were clearly under the heat, the manager. I, I don't, I, I certainly don't blame him for everything at all. It's just like the Mjerndalen match, he set them up the way he could set them up and they missed chances. It's as simple as that. It looked like they were going to lose the game in the end, but only for a 96 minute equaliser. But um, at the minute, uh, the joint managerial during charge, uh, Eric Hornerland and um, Andrea Liberta, who was another guest on this podcast just this season, uh, that is until they find a permanent manager. And, um, even well, bad news also for Brand Doda Bamba's now left the club to uh, Turkish side Altai. Um, Bamba's actually had a very good season this year. He um, he was probably one of the few bright sparks for them. So I think they've got a big transfer window to come up. Bran, they're still bottom of the table. I don't know whether they are going to find a permanent manager this season or not. They probably could do with that. They've actually got a realistic look at Obosli again as a possibility now. Um, shockingly. I mean, they have been down there before in a shock relegation, so it's not like it's brand new territory for Brown if it was to happen. But um, I just feel without... Because there was so much pressure on Inga Bricks and just sometimes just you just sense when things just not going their way, that will ease a little bit of pressure now that the manager's been sat maybe can free a few players up. Uh, there's enough talent there, that, you know, to at least fight strongly against relegation. And then maybe in the transfer window, give them some players to get out of it. Yeah, with three draws in their last uh, in their last four games, uh, league games. Of course, they've played a cup game, but in you know they've only lost um, one of the last four. Basically, do, do you see sort of the roots of the maybe starting to to get turn things around, or is that just a bit of a you know bit of just good fortune in, in recent weeks? Do, you know, do you see any signs that they could you know the next few games are uh, Sandefjord at home, so Strom's God set away. Halgerson at home, and then Lillestrøm away, Tromsø away. So they've got a bit of a run of games there that they could maybe rack up some points, or do you think it's almost too late already? I don't think they've been that bad. They lost their first six games, but most of those were against very good teams. Um, they missed some crucial penalties, crucial penalties at times. But honestly, since round six, I think the only really bad performance for me was the one uh, against Odd um, away. Uh, sorry, at home they lost that 3-1, but they've suffered a lot of late goals against them. Um, it, it, crucial moments at both ends of the field, it's gone wrong. But it's not like they've been smashed here, here, there and everywhere. A lot of these results, if you look at them, they're quite close. So I felt they were on the right track, but because of such a bad start they had, the, the, the noose was already around their neck so tight that there was hardly any wriggle room at all for the manager. And uh, ultimately does come down to results and points, doesn't it? And, um, you know, if it, if it kept him any longer, it's, it's an ongoing soap proper of a story. 
distraction for the players. And I think it's just one of those it had to be done. Um, I, have a, I do have some sympathy for Inga Brixen, but um, I think it, in the end they had no other decision to make. Yeah, and we wish um, we wish Andrea Liberto all the best. To be honest, um, I'm not sure if he owes us an assist for this uh, for this new job because, like you say, he was only on a few weeks ago. So um, you know, I think he was uh, one of our most recent guests. So if you go back in our archives, follow us on on Twitter at Nordic Footpod, or if you go on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, hit the subscribe button. Even if it's because it's a hundredth episode, you know, maybe leave a comment, leave a nice little rating. Could always help. It always helps boost us up the ratings and things like that. So. Yeah, if you've got time. But yeah, if you want to go back, you can listen to our interview with Andrea Liberto. I did find him very, very um, insightful, actually. I found that a very intriguing interview. He, he was someone who clearly understands the game, has been around, hasn't he, in Norwegian football, um, Scandinavian football, newest stuff. So I'm not, I must say, I'm not entirely surprised he's, he's back in work. But um, yeah, maybe I was uh, us a cheeky, cheeky beer on that one. But uh, yeah, let's move on now to Europe. And you've obviously both our teams have been in action. In part two, we'll talk about Sweden, of course, the latest in Sweden. But for now, uh, Steve, let's pick up on um, the results involving Norwegian teams. How's uh, how's things looking in Europe at this moment in time? Yeah, it was disappointing to see Budiglin get knocked out of the Champions League uh, by Alexia Warsaw. I mentioned that on the last episode. Um, but they uh, recovered to, they dropped out of the Conference League qualification and a nice, comfortable win for them. In Iceland against Valur, three goals to nil. Um, the second legs uh, played Thursday, the 29th of July. Uh, so if you are listening to this properly, um, the result the second legs are in. But it look, it, if they blow a three nil lead, um, going back to the home match, I, I would be, uh, well, I'm not, I was going to say I'll go vegan for a week, but I made another promise on Twitter there recently <laughs> <laughs> to do with the French I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> but um, no, uh, they look good. Rosenborg had a 2 0 win against uh, another Icelandic side, the Air FH. I'm going to call them. I, I don't want to do the full pronunciation. Um, and Volarenga sadly, 4 0 defeat against Ghent um, in, in Belgium. Now, I mean, I feel they've drawn the short straw terribly there. That's, that's a, about as hard a draw as they possibly could have had. And um, so, yeah, not good um, for them, but it looks like Rosenborg really good. Mulder had a good uh, win against Swiss side Servet. Um, that was uh, three goals to nil, uh, I do believe. And I, I do, I want to give a massive shout out actually to the Faroese side, HB Tor Shaven. They are through to the next round of Conference League qualifying. S- uh, six nil on aggregate against Bud- Budaknost. And I forget what country they're actually from, but I do know. Tor Shaven were the big underdogs in both legs and they won both matches 4 0 and 2 0. So a huge shout out to HP Tor Shaven um, of the Faroe Islands making it through. But yeah, generally decent results in, in, in these conference league qualifiers for uh, Norwegian teams. Take Volerenger out of that. But I'm, I, for me, it's no disgrace. Hopefully, all three will n- not do anything stupid in the second leg and we get teams into the next uh, next phase. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, looking at the Conference League, I mean, UEFA have not only added a new competition, they've added a hell, hell of a lot of games, haven't they? I mean, this slate is like, it's like a scroll reading the amount of games that's coming up this week um, in the Conference League. So good luck to our teams, of course. You've also got Finnish teams, you know, you've got Danish teams, things like that. Uh, CFC Honka playing against Donzali. Uh, we've got Coops as well, you know, teams like that as well in our leagues. We'll talk a little bit about Beko Hakan in, in the next game against Aberdeen. 
of course, Elsborg are playing Milsami. So, yeah, lo lots of games there. And uh, we wish all our teams well. I think, is it Hafna Fjordor? Is that the name of that team? Do you know, that, that'll do. That'll do me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds pretty good, actually. But FH, FH, I think, will, will yeah. is my preference there. We'll leave it at FH then. Um, coming up in part two, we will move on to uh, Sweden. We've got quite a bit to talk about in Sweden. Obviously, we've got the European games. Uh, we're going to give a shout out to one or two players. And the transfer window is also open. So we will just dip into one or two sort of big transfers uh, along the way. So, uh, yeah, join us in part two as we continue this 100th episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. Uh, hello, this is Andre Loberto. Um, happy 100th birthday, Nordic Podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to be uh, involved with yourselves, and I hope we can do it again in the near future. hundred episodes of the Nordic Football Podcast. What an achievement. It's been an absolute pleasure tuning in uh, to all of the episodes for the last couple of years. Some incredible content. You guys are fantastic at what you do. Wishing you all the best and congratulations once again. Here's to a hundred more. Hi, this is Ashley Coffey of AFC Eskels Tuner and you're listening to the Nordic Football Podcast. Just wanted to say a big congratulations on hundred episodes on the channel. It's brilliant content. I always enjoy listening to the different guests and speakers that are on there. I really enjoyed my my interview with, with Jonathan a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was really enjoyable to do, speaking about my my time in Sweden and progressing through the leagues over here. So, again, big congratulations and hopefully you can produce many more episodes on the channel. Speak soon. Bye. Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast, episode number 100. I just want to say a massive thanks to the guys who have given us some uh, fantastic words of encouragement there. Uh, the legend that is Sean Constable, right at the start of the episode. He has been uh, on here for several uh, interviews. Uh, one absolute legend, currently managing Moss uh, in uh, Norway. Um, Andrea Liberto, who is now the joint manager at Bran. Uh, Charlotte Patterson. Long-time supporter of the podcast um, on Patreon as well. Really appreciate you, Charlotte. And, of course, Mr. Ashley Coffey, who uh, we had a fantastic interview with uh, just a few weeks ago. By the way, for those um, who were wondering about the Norwegian section, didn't talk about any transfers this this, this episode. The next episode, going to go really into, on, into town about a lot of the big deals that have been going on in, in Norway recently. There's been quite a lot of stuff that needs talking about, so uh, that will be a big section. But, uh, Jonathan, um, are you enjoying this 100th episode so far? I'm loving it. I've got a bit of cake. Uh, for anyone who, who maybe you might not know, it was, it was my birthday quite recently. I took a trip up to, to Yorkshire, near you, to the Yorkshire Dales, so I've still got a bit of leftover birthday cake. Oh, and... yeah, happy 40th, mate. <laughs> hey, none of that. None of that, lad. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying the episode. I'm enjoying my cake, and that's uh, no, great to, um, like I say, it's, it's a great milestone. I'm going to read out a comment actually, if you don't mind, from Twitter. Just a little bit more self uh, self indulgence um, from Team Overs, who has backed our Patreon for some time as well. So 
need to give you a massive shout out at here for football. He said, we asked her for memories on Twitter. So have you got any memories of the show or memories of, you know, Norwegian football, Swedish football over the last sort of three, four years, you know, reasons you got into it. Maybe you've listened to the show and you, you kind of, you know, got you into the leagues or something like that, or a player or anything like that. Please tweet us at Nordic football and we'll, we'll retweet them and we'll sort of uh, leave some comments as well. Team overs. We asked earlier in this evening to give some memories. He said a few years back, I was in Las Vegas. It was in the middle of summer with nothing to bet on. I saw that some books had Sweden and Norway, and I searched for info on the leagues, and I found you guys. I remember betting all overs and hitting on every bet listener ever since. So uh, I definitely think Meat Man Soccer, the betting expert, you you got some some part to play in, in that, and I'm glad we were able to pick some uh, winners for you there, Team Overs. Thanks so much for your support. You've you've been a loyal listener for for many a, many a time now. So uh, we really appreciate your support on on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash. Nordic Football Podcast, if you want to buy us a beer or, or whatever to celebrate, uh, some, some more cake maybe. But yeah, no, I'm joking. But um, yeah, that team of us is a, is a, is a, is a great uh, listener and, and always leaves interesting comments. Steve, I mean, we have done some some bonus pods, haven't we, on, on Patreon um, this season, uh, in, in the first half of the the, uh, the season. Do you think that's something we'll revive at some point? We, we were having quite a good success rate, weren't we? We were on about 50% success rate. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, just go back to Team Over's comment there. Um, I'm just glad we didn't uh, start doing a French football podcast. Otherwise, he would have lost every bet, wouldn't he? Um, with the lack of goals in that league. Uh, but, um, yeah, definitely. Look, we, we got into a good rhythm um, early in the season with that. I think it seemed to, when Sweden went on its sort of summer break, it kind of ended, didn't it, with us? But the, the, hopefully we can do some more bonus content this year. Really appreciate all of you patrons um you know especially the ones that have been with us right since the start seriously guys you, you you've been uh, you're absolute legends and um you know we, we probably not really had enough value for money in that section it's, it's something i really would would like to put right on a more regular basis but uh totally appreciate you all pick up your phone on a thursday mate and then we'll we'll start we'll start recording that's all i can say but uh, no, i'm joking but um you yeah, know, and also that was, uh, we have to say a massive thank you to Ashley Coffee there for leaving a, a voice note. Uh, really appreciate it. He was, he was a great guest as well. Another Yorkshireman. You know, I don't know what it is with Yorkshire and, and, and Scandinavia, but I feel like uh, having having visited the Yorkshire Dales, I'm, I'm almost becoming an honorary Yorkshireman these days. With the well, you, you'll end up living here, like genuinely, all the influence. You never know. You never know. <laughs> the the, uh, the influence around me is, is kind of, you know, and I, like I say, the Yorkshire Dales is a beautiful place, by the way. If you've never been, uh, I'm not trying to be a tourist board member here or anything like that, but um, it's really, really good for like walks and stuff like that. I really enjoyed my time. I have to say, I was lucky. I got the good weather. Um, today was a thunderstorm where I am, so um, yeah, I was, I was glad I wasn't there that today. But uh, let's move on. Thanks, a lot, uh, Ashley, as well, and also thanks to Sean for your message uh, at the beginning of the show. Fantastic uh, to hear from you, as always, out in Norway. Um, we might even get you back for a, maybe a fourth, a fourth, uh, a fourth appearance on the pod. But uh, let's move on to, yeah, like you say, um, the, the games in Europe. And it was a big, big win for, well, big passage for Malmo to get through um, HJK. Um, it was 4-3 in aggregate in the end. Yeah, um, if you look at the results for, for this time, it was, this was a close game. And and kudos to, to HJK Helsinki, who, I've got to be honest, have seem a lot better this season than they have been in previous years. But Malmo were within a goal of, this nearly went to extra time. Of course, away goals don't don't count now. So, um, yeah, the, the prize for Malmo is a two-legged tie against Rangers of Scotland. And, uh, of course, 
who are now the only remaining representative left in the from the SPL in the Champions League. Celtic have been eliminated by uh, fellow Scandinavian opposition, um, FC Michelin's. Uh, massive congratulations to them. Um, uh, getting the, uh, the the prize scalp of Celtic, although bigger bigger challenges will await them, I'm sure, going forward if they want to make make the uh, group stage. But uh, Malmo against Rangers, then that's the the match coming up. Big big fixture this for for both sides. Um, this is the furthest I can remember Malmo getting in the Champions League qualifying for for, for several years. They've often flopped at this stage. Uh, this sounds sort of dream of the group stage, think, John. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to say is uh, HJK, by the way, they put in a great effort. It was a really, um, you know, I didn't want to catch the full game, but in terms of highlights and when you look at the stats, one thing to note for sure was the, you know, they had just the fans. And this is a theme I'm going to come up to a lot in, in probably this part of the show. It just, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? And uh, yeah, it was really, like you say, it was a really close fought game, actually. And HJK can feel slightly un- unluck- unlucky. Uh, it was a two-all draw, obviously, in, in Finland. Uh, Tenio scored a goal from a header from a corner. And, you know, the fans behind the goal, uh, the Finnish fans were crazy, by the way. Uh, but Christensen, sort of uh, in the 10th minute, scored uh, a decent goal, actually. It was a well-taken strike. And then a really fantastic uh, goal from Berman Savic, who he's starting to come into, you know, a bit of prominence now at Malmo. He also got a goal um, just at the weekend, just gone. In, in their two-nil win at Mialbi. Uh, it's a bit bit lucky, really. Massive goalkeeping howler, I'll be honest. But, um, you know, you still got to be there to put it in the net. So he, he's really, you know, it's a wonderful sort of one-two and, and a lovely hit. He's really starting to come into his own. Um, Helsinki got one back, 77th minute, to make it two-all, to push it, you know, nearly all the way. Um, but they, they, they could really feel hard done by, to be honest. They, they, they missed an open goal. Uh, they nearly had a. They could you, you could argue maybe they could have had two penalties, maybe 50-50 calls. Um, had a lot of chances, you know, good good efforts in in good areas. Um, but in the end, Malmo. I think I think Thomason, and this is something that maybe Rangers fans might be listening to. You know that, that they may look at Yondal Thomason. You may remember him, uh, the former AC Milan player, Newcastle United as well. Um, he won the title in his first season last year with Malmo. He's done really well. But this season, they just the cohesion hasn't really quite been right. Now in this game uh, against Helsinki, he, he changed the, he changed formation. Jonas Kudelka was missing, so he um, he went to a three four two one, and um, it, it didn't really work to be honest. First half, uh, it, it kind of they were a bit static. They weren't that dangerous, and and he had to change things up basically to kind of you know get something and resolve it. Obviously, they won the first leg, and that that's kind of what 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 took them through. But the manager uh, Helsinki after the game, Steve was was kind of. <sighs> He was almost fu- he was almost furious. I mean, he, he was really disappointed. He came out and said, "You know, we were much better than Malmo. Everything went against us." You know, he kind of um, you could argue it was a bit of a hard done hard done by story. The referee was Stuart Atwell, by the way. Um, so you know, more English, uh, you know, criticism of English referees. I guess he he said that all the decisions went against us. This is Tony Koskela, the manager of HJK, um, and and yeah, as you say, he said, "I respect the result. I'm very proud of us." Uh, but we should have had a better result here and taken it into extra time. So, yeah, some refereeing issues there, maybe you could argue. But um, in terms of Malmo, as you said, with, with Rangers, I think I think the one player that we will come to maybe a bit later, Antonio Kolak, I think, is is um, someone I want to sort of just give a little bit of praise to. I think he he will be the danger man for, for Rangers fans to maybe look out for, a striker who's having a really, really good season. Uh, but in general, I'll be totally honest with you, 
they probably could be got at this uh, this moment team. I don't think they're maybe as strong as last season. I don't think they've quite found their form yet. They are top of the league. Um, you're going to have a game in hand, but uh, it's two points and they're, they're top. They've got plus 15 goal difference, uh, 31 game uh, goals scored in 13 matches, 16 conceded, which is you know quite high, 16 conceded. That's more than Miabi, who were third bottom of the league. So it shows you that the balance is, you know, they're scoring a lot, but they're also quite leaky at the back. Um, and Thomason's tried to bring in this sort of style of kind of Dutch style of play, if you know what I mean. Like He's trying to bring in this sort of technical uh, passing game into Malmo along with their strong core. But they've had some injuries. People like Ola Toivonen got a bad injury. Some key men from last season have gone. And they're sort of just they're still, I would say, just finding themselves. Um, Berman Savic's done really well. They've had a few young players come in through to the team now, things like that. But um, I would say for Rangers fans, they, they can maybe look with some optimism towards this game. It'll be it'll be a very big game, I think, for Malmo. And, and they've already started maybe the quote-unquote mind games because they've already come out and said that Matt Rangers will be the clear favourites. Everyone will expect them to win. We're the underdogs. And they're, so they're already sort of starting that underdog narrative, um, which I think is true to a certain extent. But, you know, they everyone likes to paint themselves in an underdog, don't they? It can can create some team spirit and some um, backs-against-the-wall type mentality. So... It's going to be a really interesting game, actually. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I mean, if you're a Rangers fan listening now, and I'd imagine most Rangers fans are feeling pretty good about life. Celtic have just gotten knocked out. They won the league last year. And, you know, they might see this draw as one of the easier ones they could have had. I don't know. But if you are, you know, the Rangers fans who are listening, which couple of players have they got to really fear in this Malmo team? Who they got to look out for? Yeah, I mentioned it. Um, I mentioned it just now. I think. I think, you know, if there's one, if there's one player in this in this uh, in this Malmo team that I think you, you need to keep an eye on, it's, it's Antonio Kolak. Now, this is a player who there's a, there's an interesting backstory here, which I have mentioned in in previous shows. So if anyone who, who listens regularly has heard this before, then of course uh, apologies. But it's a story that's worth repeating because I, I find it really fascinating. Now, beginning of the season, of course, in in Sweden, it was dominated by one player. And that was, of course, Marek Hamzik. Now, Hamzik, you know, Napoli legend, one of the all-time, you know, great players in Serie A, in Napoli's history, uh, outscored Maradona, uh, you know, a, a legend of the game, really, in the last 20 years or so. He went, of course, from China and he moved to EFK, Jotterburg. And that was a massive, massive transfer. It was all that anyone talked about for weeks. We had a massive episode in the show, didn't we, Steve? We talked about him a lot. Um, but he's left the league now. Uh, didn't really pull up many trees. That there were some arguments that he just came to the Sweden to get fit for the Euros, and and pretty much he left straight after, to be honest. But in the midst of that fury, uh, what happened was uh, a player by the name of Antonio Kolak, 27 years old, Croatian centre forward. He came out and he joined. He joined Malmo, of course. He was he was uh, he was loaned to Malmo from Pauk uh, in Greece, and he he came out and said he used to play for Hoffenheim, played for Rijeka as well in in Croatia, and he came out. And he said, I will be a bigger player than Marek Hamzik. Now, you know, anyone who listened to the show, like I said, you'll remember this because I remember I remember pointing this out and I was like, this is some big statements. And, and you know, you've got to be, you've got a bit of confidence about you to to make that kind of claim. And I remember at the time, to be honest, I was a little bit dismissive of it. I, I kind of was thinking to myself, who is this guy? Um, and I'm sure many others probably did as well. It was quite a sort of bold statement to make. But in fairness to him, if there's nothing, if there's one thing I like about footballers. It's people who can talk the talk and walk the walk when it comes to it. And Antonio Collet is walking the walk, to be fair to him. He's got seven goals in 11 North Svenskan games, three goals in their Champions League qualifiers so far in four games. That's a total of 10 goals and 15 appearances. 
um, in about 1,200 minutes. So, you know, he's really racking up goals at a good ratio. Um, he's been fantastic, to be honest. He's got one cap for Croatia, but he's never really been a player that I've, I've kind of it's been on my radar, I'll be honest. Like I say, he played for Hoffenheim for a while. He had some spells in Germany and, and Poland, but he's been one player who really has impressed me at this moment in time. Now, there is already now a talk. He's, he's probably become the best player, you know, best striker, you could argue, in, in the league. There's already talk now about tying him down to a new deal, um, you know, getting him on a permanent transfer. Negotiations are sort of starting to take place, basically, long, long and short of it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, he, he, if any Rangers fans listen to this thinking, who, who should I look out for? Then then Colac would be my number one. I think Rangers' backline is really going to have to be careful about him and, and, and really keep an eye on him. He's a lively player. Um, very good penalty box player. You know, he can sniff out chances. He can sniff out a goal. Um, he's a good finisher, very alert, confident in himself in terms of how he how he approaches the game. You know, he's a forward thinking player. He, he's not afraid to take a shot. So, um, yeah, I really, I really like him, actually. I've, I've been really impressed with him at Svenskan level. And I think he'll be a danger man. I think I also mentioned Berman Savic. He, he's a player who, again, he, he he's a new signing for, for Malmö this season. And, you know, he's started to become a bit more decisive now. Um, he's been praised a lot. You know, there were some comments this week saying, you know, no one can do what he does, um, that kind of thing. And as Christensen described him as a, as it said, it's fantastic to have a player like him in my side. Um, Yondal Thomason came out and said, I love him. He, he's a young guy with extremely good qualities. Uh, his name's Velko Bermansevic. Uh, he was signed from uh, Kukuriki in Serbia. So, um, yeah, he's a kind of, he can play on the, on the wide, play on the channels. He can cut inside as well. Um, he's not he's not the quickest. I would say any Rangers fan listening to this, probably the one area that I would always say with Malmo, they lack a little bit is pace. I don't think they have a huge amount of pace in their team They can that you can maybe exploit them from that point of view. I think if you have midfield runners, for example, against uh, Anders Christiansen, who, who's getting on in years, he's been a he's been a legend in Osvenska for many, many years, but he's, you know, he's getting on. Um, there's a few other players in that side who are, you know, maybe past 30. Uh, the defence, I think, lacks maybe a little bit of pace in it. So, if I was identifying how Rangers can win that match, I would say if they can overload pace and things, I'm sure Steven Gerrard and his team will, will be looking at that. But um, Berman Savic is certainly going to be one to, could be a bit of a wild card. Um, and then, of course, Christensen in the midfield, he, on the ball, is very good. You know, he's someone you've got to look out for. He can dictate the tempo and I'm sure they'll have plans for him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, really, if you're looking for one player, Kolak is, is the man at this moment in time. He's the man banging in the goals and he is a danger man. And uh, do you have a prediction for this tie, or are you going to be sitting on the fence? <laughs> mm, I think I might sit on the fence, to be honest. <laughs> if I, if if you ask me, can Rangers, can Malmo get through? Let's look at it from the Nordic perspective. Then I think the answer is yes. But if you're asking me, will they get through? Then i haven't seen enough of rangers to really to really comment i know they'll be they'll be the they'll be the favorite but you know i, I probably am going to sit on the fence just out the fact that i don't i haven't seen enough of rangers to really know where they can hurt malmo so um i think they can be got at i think it will be close maybe in the first leg that kind of thing i think fans will affect things malmo have got a very good atmosphere um in their stadium and obviously you know ibrox is a, is a, is a proud stadium so long story short yes i'm going to sit on the fence till the second leg and then i'll have a bit more info on Insight into Rangers, I think. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good watch. I think it's going to be close. Um, I don't think anyone's going to run, run away with it. Um, and, um, you know, Mama, they do have European experience as well as Rangers do recently. So you'd have to get, you know, Rangers are the rightful favourites, I think. But um, 
interesting interesting tie uh, there and uh, yeah all the best all the best to malmo um although just while we're on the subject of europe um there was uh, a good win for elsborg against a team from uh, moldova called uh, milosami and milosami actually ended the match with eight men uh jonathan in this game uh, they've done well to only lose four nil haven't they really this team from uh, moldova um <clears throat> so yeah great win there for uh, elsborg uh, how would be a 3-1 win against maribor um that's a pretty good uh, outcome isn't it and uh who am i missing out hecken with a shambolic result against aberdeen i actually watched that game they lost 5-1 um and i couldn't believe how poor they were i don't think oh am i missing someone else out from sweden i don't think i am but um i mean i i as for this i i the hecken game mate i couldn't believe how shocking they were they made aberdeen look like barcelona at times yeah i, was, I mean I was disappointed with this on two counts. One, one the result, which I couldn't believe it to be honest. Um, you know, especially with a new manager um, coming and done so well for Hacken, they've really turned things around in the league. You know, they've, they've really climbed up the table. They had a terrible start to the season, but they're now seventh in the table. So they've really, really turned things around. They were in the bottom two um, just before the break. So you know, he's coming and done really well domestically. But yeah, a hu hugely shocking result to be honest. Um, they haven't lost since May hacking in the league so that, that just tells you kind of what you know how well they've been doing um but yeah the other thing that disappointed me a little bit and i'm you know not one to call people out but the game hasn't been uh, uploaded on wisecout yet so i haven't even been able to watch it back so yeah slightly disappointed about that i don't know if it's some sort of conference league thing if uh, oh. i don't know but it's not on wisecout either so yeah I, I can't comment on this game in any way shape or form unfortunately so i'm oh, yeah oh, really i watched it all i was um a friend of mine who came on the podcast last year uh huckleberry finn he actually purchased this game and he streamed it privately for me uh, along with a few others so i watched all of it i mean he was loving life like that was <laughs> <laughs> like i mean they've got a new manager as well this year but aberdeen totally bullied hecken i remember something you said at the start of the season that they can be very soft defensively and mentally sometimes when a team gets on top of them and that is exactly what happened here they couldn't handle the strong physical players like scott brown you know um Jay Emmanuel Thomas, ex um, Bristol City, I think. I mean, he's a he's a big unit, and they just they couldn't get on top of him. I thought the goalkeeper Abrahamson had a, a shocking game, and I know he had made that really good save early in the season, which was like wowzers. But he just couldn't handle any of the crosses coming in. They did them on set pieces, and five one Aberdeen did totally deserved the win. And I, there's no way they could turn him that around, surely that's in the back for Aberdeen I reckon um I mean fair play to them they played well I mean if Aberdeen play like that who knows maybe they're even a dark horse for the SPL this year but um I think Hecken it just shows how they're I think they're still very very delicate Jonathan um you know that they're maybe focusing on the relic on making sure that nothing silly happens in the league um and and, and stuff like that but uh yeah seriously soft underbelly if you get at them yeah I mean that uh... That's always been my concern with them. They they, they can be got at. Uh, they they are quite a young side in terms of they, they've got a, a sort of um, spine of experience, but but in certain key positions, I think I think I still think they're quite a young team. If that makes sense, uh, like I say, I'm very surprised about it. I mean, I know that uh, the expectations should be higher, but Hacken always seems to do this in, in in Europe. I remember a couple of years ago they got destroyed by AZ Alkmaar as well. Um, I think it was three 0 at home and, and and just went out with a whimper. Um, might have even been 4-0, but yeah, 
I think they're just a bit naive hacking in that sense, you know, and, and uh, I'm glad I didn't do any podcasts before the, before this game, because, you know, I would have probably talk, tried to talk them up. Mm. Uh, I would have never seen that, that coming. I, I Same. Yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, the bookies odds were, were pretty close to that game. I, I actually personally fancied Hecken over the two legs to probably edge them. Um, especially as Aberdeen was just their first competitive game of the year. Um, I wouldn't have, I never saw that coming in a million years, but it wasn't a fluke or anything. It's just like, deserved so yeah disappointing for, for Hecken but they've probably got bigger fish to fry haven't they in the league really after the start they had well they've not given up I mean Per Matthias Hogmo the, the new manager has come out and said you know we've got every chance uh, we're going to go and see what we can do basically he said you know we, we're we not going to give up uh, we have to move forward and he said two goals in each half and we are in the race so you know that, that's fighting talk to be fair to him they're clearly going to go for it but the, the question is can they actually have enough possession uh, to rack up those sort of chances to, to score two goals in each half because they're going to need to be absolutely on it, really, realistically, to to keep them, you know, to score that many goals and also keep Aberdeen at bay. So, yeah, you, you probably think it's a dead tie. One thing I know about Hacken, they, they, they do have a tendency to throw everything at something. So, you know, being at home and everything like that, they will, they will go for it. So I think it's a game that, you know, if, you, if you've got a fair few hours, watch it because it will be end-to-end. There's no doubt about that. They'll they'll throw everything at it, but it will either end up in in sort of triumph or it's going to be you know and disastrous. It could, could end up being ten one or something, um, you know, an aggregate ten ten four or something like that. So um, yeah, it's uh, we'll see how it goes. But you know, a few a few bits of injury news: um, Dalaho Irandus and Samuel Gustafsson will both miss the game as well. So a bit of a blow there as well, and from that point of view. So uh, let's see how it goes. Okay, well let's move to domestic matters in Sweden, and the Allsvenskans continued its return. Um, results that stood out for you in this particular round, Jonathan? Anything really there? Yeah, I mean, there was a few games that stood out. I mean, just on the subject of of Kolak, you know, just fantasy matters. I made I made two changes to my team this week, and Captain Kolak, and he didn't even he wasn't even in the squad. So I don't know what happened there against the Miaobi, but they yeah they swiped away. Maybe it's preparation for Europe. Or, uh, I've no real idea what happened there, but Kolak didn't feature. But Mia, they saw off Miaobi two 0 quite easily, as I mentioned, an absolute howler from Miaobi's goalkeeper for the second goal, unbelievable, uh, and an own goal as well. I, I think the game that really caught my eye in terms of um, two games caught my eye. I would say uh, I watched Hammerby no shopping. Hammerby got a win under their their, their new manager, and they you know they're starting to maybe. Looked quite good. That was a big game. Uh, two big clubs. Ricard Norlin going back to Stockholm, of course, is always eventful. Uh, the former ARK man. Um, but Hammerby got the win thanks to thanks to Bjorn Paulsen. Fantastic goal, by the way, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, the other game we're going to talk about in a minute, Ostersons. Uh, but the other game that caught my eye that maybe I won't, won't go into too much, but uh, one of the games that caught my eye really massively in this round was Varberg Boys beating EF Corps 2-0. Um, now, that, that really surprised me. Um, and EF Core, even with their new management, just seem to be, you know, dr- drifting down the road to nowhere, let's put it that way. Um, other games, I'll just read out the scores. Audubon 1, AIK 1. Um, Ostersons 0, Hamstad 1, which we'll talk about in a minute. Hammerby 2, Norshopping 1. Bekohaken 1, Ellsburg 1. Uh, Kalmar 0, Yurgarden 1. So, sort of a you know, narrow win for, for, for Diff. Um, Sirius 2, Degafors 0. And then, obviously, Malby 0. Malby 0, Malmo 2 there. Hammerby... Uh, sort of just silently moving up the table, you know, 21 points now, the sort of game in hand on, on most other sides, you know, they're well in the race for the top three. Um, even you can't even rule out the title, I suppose. 
Uh, this was a good game of football, wasn't it? Against the Norshipping, two decent sides against each other. Norling, obviously, involved there with, with the manager of Norshipping. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was a really uh, enjoyable game. As I mentioned, you know, the fans just make everything better in 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 life, really, don't they? Um, the game without fans is probably just a bit of a drab affair, but with fans, it's just incredible spectacle. I re really enjoyed. It. I think there was eight thousand there, just over eight thousand, um, and it really added to the atmosphere because Hammarby is one of those state. There's a few stadiums in Sweden that just can't be dealt with in COVID times. And Hammerby is one of them. You know, w watching Hammerby games during COVID was almost scary, eerie, is the way I describe it. You know, just empty. I remember one game they played Ostersons when Ian Birchin was there, and you could hear Ian Birchin's like coaching team like shouting during the game. And it was like a big echo, like being in a dungeon or something, like a vampire dungeon. You could hear the echoes of the the shouts and stuff because it's such a cavernous stadium. But you know, when it's empty, there's everything. You know, it's just emptiness and and people's voices echo but when it's full but when there's you know fans in it it really it can get rocking uh, and it really did get rocking in this game um Bjorn Paulson the returning hero of course uh you remember Steve two years ago so I was raving about this player I, you know he was a player that I would always talk about every week um saying he's going to go on to bigger better things he did he, he went to Germany I uh, went to Ingolstadt and um you know he's been there for a while come back you know it always seems to be a theme, doesn't it? They always come back in the end. Um, he's returned now, he's 30 years old, and, and he scored the winner with an unbelievable strike. He chest, chested it down just outside the box. Let, let it rise on the half volley. Left footed. This is a centre-back, by the way. And just half volleyed it, bottom corner. Unbelievable strike. Uh, I couldn't believe it was him when I saw him running off to celebrate. Um, but yeah, really, it was a goal worthy of winning the game because it was um, kind of end-to-end at times. Quite an interesting tactical battle as well. Adik Benro um, had put uh, Northropping ahead. But uh, yeah, in the end, it was um, Harabi that got the win. And as you say, their manager has, has made quite a good start to, I think, obviously winning the cup um, during the break was, you know, just before the break was something that's given them a bit of a boost as well. So yeah, things are looking quite rosy for Hammerby at the moment. Yeah, I think Hammerby and Jorgan and a Court, I think all the Stockholm teams massively missed their fans last year more than, more than most, didn't they? So uh, it's great to have so many so many back in the in, in the arena there and um the other match that you really wanted to to talk upon there was uh, uh one at the bottom Ustersons losing again uh looking a bit rough for them at the moment they're not bottom of the table but um they're not far off it um just gold virtue of goal difference keeping them uh, above Urubro. Urubro have only got scored seven goals in 12 games how bad is that but um this was a loss for Ustersons against Halmstad uh, late drama, I do believe. Yeah, there's sort of um, there's some defeats that you can take, and there's some defeats where alarm bells go off. And I just felt without get, I, I felt this game was there's alarm bells with Ostersons that they're they're slipping and sliding at an alarming rate. And um, yeah, as I said, you know, to lose to Halmstad is massive. Really, it's a kind of game where you start to think, okay. They are in serious, you know, they're in deep trouble now without a paddle type thing, you know, without one. Yeah. swear that's that's now four games in a row they've lost in the league. Uh, it's actually eight losses in nine. Um, haven't won since May. They're a bit serious, you know, after a reasonably good start. That They're really falling away now. And it's all right when you lose to, you know, if you look at some of the games they've lost in that in that eight-game losing streak, in eight out of nine, as I say. It's all right if you lose to Eurogarden. It's all right if you lose to AIK. 
Daggerfalls, you can maybe stomach. EF Core, maybe you can take it. Elsborg 3 0 the week before, you can just about handle that. But you know, when you're losing at home to Varberg and, and you're losing at Mialbi 1 0, and then Halmstead last minute, you know, 90th minute own goal from Songa Sundberg, that is. It, it was a gut puncher, really. Is that I feel I, I know it's early in the season. We're not even halfway yet, but to me, that that that's a gut puncher. That's like we are in trouble here. Um, they're now seven points behind Halmstad, who you'd you'd look at it as a newly promoted team. You know, they should be maybe relegation. Someone you look at and maybe think you're in you're competing against them for for relegation. You know, now there's seven points ahead of them already. Um, you know, even a draw would have made it at least palatable. You know, would have that that, that deficit wouldn't be too much, but you know the joint sec- the joint bottom now. Obviously, the 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 second bottom now with a better goal difference, but they've got the same number of points as Odebro. But you start to look at it and you're like, who are they going to catch? And um, yeah, like I say, Steve, some some games you have you you just get that bad feeling and that for the morale and everything. You know they've got transfer ban; they can't bring in any players. The best player probably Blair Turger is at the the Gold Cup in in America. Um, real real gut punch to lose to to Hamstead like that. Yeah, Helmstead, I've got to be honest, they're an absolute bastard side to face, aren't they? They just, um, I watched them against Jogarten the other week, nil-nil. They're just, they're not a good watcher, I've got to be honest. Uh, boring, uh, solid, no nonsense. I suppose they, they feel like they've got to do that this year, but um, I, I would not want to be facing them. They just they just seem awkward to face. That would that would have stung, wouldn't it, that, that, that defeat for um, for Oshison at all. You, you do worry for them down they're at the bottom of the table that's um you know let's say the the joint bottom with over eight points meow be on 10 meow we have lost four games in a row you know there's as as per usual in this league there's some sites some really poor sort of form developing um at the top of the table malmo 29 points just as a reminder uh your garden 27 they do have a game in hand though your garden so if they won that they would actually be top elsberg in third place and your garden with a one little win they, they tend to specialize in a lot of clean sheets and um, the winner come from uh, Aslak von Wittry, who thankfully I captained him in my fantasy and he served me well. Um, but uh, I mean, I know you really rate this player. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think pound for pound, I would go as far as to say that for me, pound for pound, Aslak von Wittry is the best player in the league. Uh, I just think he, he's, he's clutch, isn't he? I, can't, I, I still don't have him in my fantasy team, which is which is really quite painful. Uh, I looked at the table last week, Stephen. Me and you were separated by one point, I think, but I'm sure that's probably changed now if you've captained him. But uh, yeah, he's just he's just super consistent, um, always there. You know, the goal was I think from a set piece. He uh, just was at the back post to tap it in. It wasn't a spectacular goal by any, any means, but he's just clutch. You know, he 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 he, he creates assists. He, he defends well. He, he gets up and down. Um, he's been he's been doing it for years. You know, since they won the title. I cannot believe this player has not been picked up by a bigger... You know, usually, Steve, we have this conversation, don't we? And we'll talk about one or two transfers in a minute. Usually this conversation comes up where it's like they've gone too early. You know, oh, it's, it's, they've, they've left already type thing. And you're thinking to yourself, well, you didn't even really get to enjoy him. Which, we, for me, is like almost the opposite. You know, he's been around like three years now or so, even, you know, and he's a Norwegian who you'd think to yourself, maybe Denmark, someone in the Denmark will pick him up or, or Germany, whatever. He is a quality player, in my opinion. And I, I think it's time for him to... You know, not that I want players to leave this league, but I almost feel like he he's too good for the league now to be honest. And I'd like to see him test himself at a higher level. Uh, it's been a, it's been great value to watch. Um, you could argue he's been the best player of the season so far, in my opinion. Um, as I say, I think pound for pound, he's 
he's the best player in the league. So yeah, can only really praise him highly. I, you know, the Kalmar weren't spectacular in this game. Jurgen are very, very solid at this moment in time. That they've got a knack of winning games. They know what they're doing. Seven goals conceded all season in twelve. Best defensive record in the, in the league by miles. No one else has conceded uh, less than ten. So it shows you where they are. Only one game lost, um, and victory is a massive part of that. I'll be honest, just looking at the stats and knowing what I know about this league, I think they'll win the league from this point. Defence wins your championships, Jonathan. They always say that. And they've got that defence um, at this point in time, unless they lose players, of course. 103 fantasy points he's picked up as Rittery. Um, the only other guy who's picked up more than 70 is uh, Ericsson, Magnus Ericsson, also at your garden. So I don't know why I've never looked at him in my fantasy, probably because he's too expensive. But... Uh, yeah, Wittery absolute beast this year. You, you talked about um, transfers, and I know you want to just uh, go and, and talk about a few recent ones up there in uh, in, in Sweden, especially that have happened or um, that have caught your eye. Yeah, well, I, funnily enough, I went back and listened to uh, I listened to an episode that we did um, a couple of years ago where Odilon Kosinu was on uh, on our radar. He was in my he was in my ten to watch about three years ago now. I think it was twenty beginning of the twenty nineteen season, if I'm right in saying. Uh, and we talked about him midway through the season, and he, he played about I think two hundred and sixty six minutes, and then he was off. You know, Hammerby let him go, went off to Club Bruges. Um, we we talked about it on the pod. I listened back to it just to see what we'd said, and I'm at the time I said he was a bit he could be a bit Bambi on ice uh, at times, but was you know had a lot of potential about him, um, which is why I put him in my in my ten to watch. You were sort of stunned at the fact that they'd played that fee for him. I think it was 2.5 million euros or something like that after just watching him five or six times. Uh, we had a good chat about him. And yeah, it's just been confirmed he's moved to uh, to, to buy Leverkusen for a fee rumoured to be, um, I think, 24 million euros. So, I mean, that tells you everything, really. That's a, a massive fee. Um, I know it was a sell-on fee for Hammerby at all. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, actually. I'll probably come back to you on that one because the transfer window is now open. And, and maybe we'll talk about, as we said, we'll talk about transfers probably in a bit more detail the next, um, maybe the next episode. I did notice that the Belgian football podcast, shout out to those guys, uh, they they gave him their young player of the season, Kosinu, in, in, in Belgium last season. So um shows you that, you know, he's clearly gone on to progress well. But uh, yeah, a massive transfer for him. 30 million euros, apparently, with add-ons. He's still only 20 years old. I didn't mention at the time he's, he, you know, he's an absolute unit of a player uh, in terms of his physical attributes. It's really impressive. I always felt it was too early to leave, but clearly I was wrong. You know, maybe he needed to move to Belgium immediately, and, he, and he's done that, and, he, and he's progressed. So, yeah, I'm going to be excited to see him. I think it's 23 million euros up front, and then add-ons can take it to 30. But uh, I'd be very interested to see him in in uh, Leverkusen's team alongside Edmund Tapsobo, who's a player I really like as well. By the way, the Bukine Faso international. So. Yes, well wishes to uh, former offense game player Odilon Kosinu. Yeah, I mean, I'm stunned by that myself, to be honest. Um, like I say, if there is a, a sell on even five, ten percent, that would be very, very useful for Hammerby, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, all the best to him there. And and like you said, I think the we are really going to be going to town, certainly the next episode on a lot of these because transfers a lot of transfers have been happening in, in Norway, Sweden, in the area, and I mean, there's a lot of boxes to tick, and I think more the the waters will be clearer in um, certainly in a, in a few days' time when the window officially opens and movement officially can happen. It had it's already happened in some cases, of course, 
Um, it varies depending where to and where the player is, is coming from. So, yeah, it's, it's becoming that, 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 that I'm, I'm not calling it the silly season by any means, but it's that time of year where, you know, Scandinavia can get raided and it feels more than ever that it's kind of happening this year. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of bargains to be had in this league. And I think, you know, with COVID, I think clubs have less money now. Um, I'm not entirely sure about the uh, the resale clause. I think if I'm right in saying it, Expressing reported that Hammy B will receive SEK 15 to 20 million uh, as a resale fee. So that would be around 1.52 million pounds, which is which is a hell of a lot of money, you know, for in COVID times for a seller. Um, so you know they'll they'll be they'll be delighted to be honest with that. Uh, and and just on the subject of Hammerby, you know, there's a couple of bits of news with their European game. They've actually picked up a, a round of COVID cases. So there, there's a lot of talk at the moment about um, what they're going to do there and you know how that will affect them. And, and um, the other just tidbit of news I just wanted to say because for me this is the quote of the week. Ricard Norling who we, uh, you know, the character, isn't he? Uh, having lost to Hammer B, of course, um, he came out of the game and said, it burns inside me. <laughs> like, the feeling of defeat. Um, just touching back on that game again, he was really upset about Nor shopping. Um, he, he just said that everything's coming together nicely in terms of our, our game model, but he said that the, just the final bit in terms of getting results, doing enough to turn draws into wins, uh, sorry, yeah, draws into wins, defeats into draws, that kind of thing. Um, but that was his quote. He came out and said, and especially going back to Stockholm, pretty sure that was part of the reason. But that was a direct comment from him. It, it burns within me. So yeah, always a character watching Ricard Norling on the touchline. And uh, yeah, that was a, a very, very uh, entertaining game. That game, I have to say. I think my favourite quote of the season so far is still from Paul Andre Helland, who compared scoring the goal against Rosenborg up there with the birth of his children. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's certainly a man who's um, said a few things down the years, but that one, that one sticks in my mind. But um, yeah, I think that's we're, we're getting that's roughly it for this episode. I think, John, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, t- two two bits of news. I just wanted to. I mean, we will touch on them in the, in the, in the future. But uh, Alison Yusuf, I've got to give him, a, I've got to mention him. Um, EF Core, he's left the EF Core now, gone to, uh, he's gone to, um, I think Royal Antwerp uh, in Belgium as well. Eric Karl has also moved to date Denmark. Um, so we will we will talk about those transfers. I think Aaron Donham I wanted to talk about. We we'll probably run out of time in, in Norway. Uh, Dennis Wigren as well is one that Sirius have signed. That's an interesting one. But yeah, we'll we'll talk more about transfers. I think maybe next week. But um, I had to mention Yusuf just because I got to say, Steve, you know, just moving on to Varberg boys against EF Core. Um, I think they they are going to miss him to be honest. And I saw a tweet from a Hacken fan who uh, Hacken obviously leapfrogged um, EF Core now in the league. And he, and he kind of uh, he tweeted saying the universe is, the universe is healing, <laughs> and, uh, and a picture of the league table uh, with Hakan above EF Core. So yeah, you know everyone thought that EF Core were going to do it really well this season. You know got Marcus Berg back. They got they had Hamzik obviously he's left. Um, Pontus Wormblum has unfortunately retired due to injury. They've, they've had a few setbacks in recent weeks, and I think they really will miss Yusuf. So um, yeah, that defeat against Warburg is a, is a big big defeat to be honest. A absolute howler by the way from. Uh, uh, for the first goal from their defender. But, uh, yeah, as I say, interesting weeks ahead for EF Corp because they, they're probably going to have to fill a few gaps in, the, in that squad in the transfer market, I think. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm not hopeful for them with Mikhail Starr in charge. Yeah, I know they beat the likes of Oster Sons and Mialbi, but, well, that's not exactly saying much, is it, these days? I think there's a lot to prove there at that club right now at Gothenburg, isn't it? But, uh, yes, well... 
we we certainly will look forward to the next episode where we are going to be talking about a lot of these transfer stuff. Um, and there was a lot of excited fans out there who are going to be on the receiving end of some some great players from from this region, and um, and, and and rightly so, they should be excited. Belgium, as usual, gets its fair share of the of the pie, um, but not just Belgium. Um, other some of the countries uh, sort of been lurking. Mikael, Mikael Desler went to Toulouse, for example, which is, a, is an interesting one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this 100th episode, Jonathan. And, uh, well, next one, 101. Turn up, turn up, turn up. We've hit the century. So, yeah, like I say, thanks so much, everyone. It's been really rewarding. I hope you've got some value over the years of, of this pod. I, personally, I have to say I re- really enjoyed it. Uh, never thought we would get to 100. So, yeah, well done. Uh, Pat on the back to yourself, Steve, as well. And uh, to everyone who's listened, of course, you're the ones who've kept us going. Without without you, probably we'll just be two blokes chatting away. So um, no, it's really good that you, you know you found value. People who are maybe new to the league, who've discovered this this uh, crazy region of the world of football, it's uh, it's really been enjoyable. And hopefully, we can bring you some, some more episodes. I'm just going to read out a comment that we've had from uh, Tom Dent, who was one of our 36 guests, and he's now a manager in, in Norway. Um, he's currently the manager of Jorsdal Blink, uh, an English coach, and he's been on the show. And he says. Favorite episodes when Meat Man Soccer let the cat out of the bag. Uh, I'll let you explain that one, Steve. Uh, he said, uh, Ben Wells giving me abuse as normal was a great episode. Eric Schoener and Sean Constable for their knowledge. Congratulations on the century. You're getting old, boys. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely, not, definitely not young boys anyway. He's not- right about that. He's right. We are getting older. That's <laughs> um, for my cat. He occasionally will make an appearance, but he's happily settled in, in his chair tonight. Um, so he, that's why he's not disturbing me. But uh, yeah, famous episode where he uh, he startled me whilst we were talking about Budaglund in the season preview, and of course they went on to win the league. Maybe maybe it's a lucky omen, your pussy. <laughs> maybe it was a maybe it was a sign. You know, maybe it was a sign. Looking back, it was a it was a moment I thought about cutting uh, from the edit, but it was such a sort of an iconic moment. That, uh, <laughs> Of course, back then we had it on camera ourselves anyway. Um, was that streaming? It wasn't a live stream to the public. It was just me, me and you could see each other while we were doing the recording. I mean, the app was it, the app StreamYard. I can't remember what app it was. It was something like Hangouts. Back yeah. then, I think it was. I'll never forget you, that. You definitely saw that. You, you saw it happen. I'll never forget that. It jumped on you mid-episode. and you made, on me. you made one hell of a shriek, I have to say. You, you definitely shrieked and uh, you were startled. So would you if you got claws into your <laughs> left, right and centre. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got a bit of padding on me, but not that much. <laughs> yeah, that was oh a famous moment. Yeah, attacked by a cat. In fact, it was in the itinerary, wasn't it? Meat Man Soccer, cat attack. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. But yeah, no, uh, been a great episode. Thanks a lot to everyone who's listened. Thanks for everyone who's left there. A voice note or a comment as well. Uh, we will be back next week. I think we'll, we'll look at transfers. We'll review everything that's gone on in the uh, Conference League, Europa League and Champions League. And let's see how Malmo Rangers can go because that's going to be, we may have a preview depending on when we record it, but uh, it's going to be a big game, that one. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, stay safe, take care, and we'll be back again very soon. Cheers again. Really appreciate you all.